When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Isn't that Eli Braden? Yeah. The Howard Stern dude? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he took a temporary break from singing about Robin's tits and um, <laughs> was able to do this for us. And, you know, and, it, and he, he would be tickled pink that it was it being enjoyed by music royalty. Can we call <laughs> our guest music I would, royalty? I would say so. I think we can. I'll introduce our guest because He's he is music royalty. He's got. He's a Grammy winner. He's a producer. He's a musician. He, you literally play every fucking instrument. And he's like my brother, too. And you have the same birthday. And we have the same birthday. We have birthday parties together. <laughs> Shooter know, Jennings. Right? Shooter fucking Jennings. It's Shooter fucking Jennings. Shooter fucking Jennings, everybody. Applause. applause. I'm so happy to be here. I miss you, Jenny. Like, we, we I miss Jenny. you, too. Long ass time. And we spend so much time together. And we haven't seen each other once during this I know, but Misty, your wife said that you're going to come by and throw a gift out the window at me tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you a hug. I'm not, I'm <laughs> she said that you're going to throw a gift. I was like, ooh, I hope it's something from the never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> our, our favorite movie to watch together. That's so good. <gasps> you got one too, your iPad case? No, it's actually a copy of the real book. You got a copy of the fucking real book? Yeah, Manson's wife gave it to me for my birthday, and it's got it's actually has a card in it, like a like a library card that's mm-hmm. that's filled out to uh, Bastion Balthazar by you know. Bus. Yeah, and it's Holy got like the, the Enchanted Fate, which was the name of the bookstore. It's right. crazy. What's really wild is like the the font, like the right, like it's the colored font, like for when it's Bastion's inside thoughts and when it's the actual book are different colors. It's really cool. I win one. Wow. So- and I, I just want to clarify for our listeners that it was uh, Marilyn Manson who gave you the uh, the oh. book, The Never Ending Story, and not Charles Manson. That's uh, right. I, I just or Shirley I, I, Manson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we need. Yeah, or Shirley Manson's garbage. We just need to you to know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shirley Manson. He also gave me this, or actually, I think I got him this the the David Bowie Bar- Barbie, but he gave me the, uh, <laughs> the Elton John Barbie that's around here somewhere too. So, yeah, I have to explain also to our listeners that Shooter and his wife, their home is like a shrine to 80s toys and 80s gadgets. Like everything is, it's true. Like y- y'all are, it's fun. It's like you go in and your childhood, everything is around you. You've got <laughs> He-Man shit. You've got <laughs> big, like those old school video games. Like That's right. Hey, wait till you see our new house. It's like times 50. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. If I come visit, I'm probably just going to move in. So 
<laughs> you should, you know, but this is part of why me and Jenny hit it off so much, like very instantly. I don't know what year it was, like 2010 or something. Yeah. And like, uh, wow, 10 years, that's crazy. But like, yeah. like instantly, the Neverending Story was like our thing. And then it was like, you know, same kind of thing. Like you're somebody who like loves your childhood. And it was like, that's how we are, you know? Yeah. Oh, I have my like Johnny Lawrence Karate Kid doll right over there. <laughs> I have, oh, by the way, Cobra Kai, something that you enjoyed. We had John Hurwitz on. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> when, wow. we just, was that like a month ago or something? Yeah, like a, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah. it was he was amazing. He was really, really fucking great. And uh, yeah, so we have our, we love our childhood stuff. Like, oh, you, guys, <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have all the stuff I threw out. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not sentimental. You, um, you just have old panties and stuff, Danny. I know you. I know, I do. I save those. I got this guy sitting right here. Oh, oh I would go. go. <laughs> So Shooter just held up, for those who are listening, not watching, he just held up the original Mac, Mac, the 1984 Macintosh computer. Yeah, like man. from the commercial, the big famous commercial, right? The Wasn't that commercial. the one? Yeah. White guy, yeah, it's, yeah. I collect old computers and all that stuff. I love it. I remember one of the weirder guys in my fraternity house was the first to get that. And I, and I, I, I had, I basically had to, um, pretend that he wasn't the weirdest guy because I, I needed you want so much <laughs> for all my pain. once I started typing on that thing and I thought like oh there's no fucking white out or 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 it was like it changed my I was like oh, I could actually be a writer now I, I actually have the patience to do that so uh, um yeah I have fond feelings for that that particular computer well what was your favorite like as a kid you know Christmas is coming up and I was just actually talking about when I think I don't remember what year it was, but my sister and I, our parents got us Omnibot. Do you remember Omnibot, the robot? Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the Muppet movies, like the ones that Jason uh, Siegel did. Yeah. Omnibot's in it and it has like these three like hands like this and it'll like, it would serve you. Yeah, we got one for Christmas. <laughs> wow. It would, and like every kid on the street was at our house, like, holy shit. Amy and Jenny got a fucking robot <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And it had like a handheld thing. It came down the hall and my dad was like, Merry Christmas, Amy and Jenny. It was, it had like headlight eyes. It was the fucking greatest gift I think we ever got. And a couple years after that on Halloween, my dad thought it'd be fun to put Omnibot out for trick-or-treaters and he would like talk to them. That's amazing. He was also having a little bit of Johnny Walker while doing this and then he decided to take it up a notch and put it on this like wall we had that you know kind of was up high so people could really see it and as he looked up his foot slipped off <laughs> he fell and hit forward omnibot just took a nosedive <laughs> <laughs> broke into a million pieces like committed suicide never arm came off broke omnibot but well, yeah what were the, what were the toy i mean what what I, I can't only imagine what the christmases were like in uh the jennings house it, they, it was pretty awesome like yeah, we but, always but, had but the shooter of jerry's yeah. those were man the jennings at the jenny house no i mean our our christmases were awesome you know like we had a big family <laughs> like my i have lots of half brothers and sisters so it was like i they they Whichever ones were talking with the family at the time would bring 
their kids over and everybody, you know, we'd have a whole thing. But for me, I mean, I was a nerd man. So it's like when I got a Sega CD for Christmas, I was like, yes, you know, it's like any, my stuff was always like either computer or video game related, you know. But it was like awesome, man. It my, the people, they'd come over and like my mom and dad would sit around the piano. My mom would play piano and they'd sing like Christmas songs, you know, and do that kind of stuff. And we had this like two story ceiling. So they, there was a lady named Maureen Rafferty who, who lived with us and was kind of like a second mom when I would go to school. I mean, when I was in school and they would travel on the road, she'd stay behind with me. And, and like, she would always go all out and she would get like a tree that would like, reach that second story so we had this we always had these giant christmas trees you know and there'd always be presents for all the grandkids and kids and and everything and all all my all my brothers and sisters kids were like my age so i have like i'm like i have a, a couple nephews that are a year younger than me wow and it was very like uh you know kind of one part cousin eddie one part like country <laughs> kind of kind of family scenario but um but yeah, we kind of bonded over that before because I had my dad's oldest sister she had her kids like in high school and yeah. my, my parents and they were like oh, seven years apart my parents were married for 15 years before they had kids oh like, wow it was like my dad and I were almost like exactly 40 years apart so my first cousins were like <laughs> really fucking old like like, oh, yeah, that's my first cousin. She's on Medicare, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this because we wanted to write a song about this. Yeah, we always talked about a boy named Sue. We were going to, like, what, 60-year-old sister or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a daughter named, like, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Shooter, just for those who don't know, I sh assume everyone does, but your parents are... Yeah, Wayla Jennings and Jesse Coulter. Yeah. yeah, so when you say my parents played piano and sang, it wasn't, like butchering shit it was yeah, like, no. <laughs> like if i said my parents did that it would be a fucking nightmare yeah <laughs> your, your parents you could you could record that and sell a million copies right. <laughs> right. live from the jennings christmas 1985 like that could have been a hit there's a question i i i, I it's interesting like when did you because i know like kids of musical icons you grew up you know parented by by musical icons and when did you realize that your child, like your parents were not like just other parents, like that your parents were like notable? And did you, yeah, what age it. were you? I honestly don't think he's reached that age yet. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're, 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 you're 75% right for sure. I, I remember like, there was this kid named Cliff. I think we were in like second or third grade and I went over to the kid's house and uh i remember having this conversation with my dad a little bit about this kind of in a reverse way because cliff cliff's dad was a doctor so when he met when like i went over to his house for like a play date or whatever and my dad came and picked me up at like seven o'clock or something and, and when he came in cliff goes hi dr jennings like because he thought like all everybody's <laughs> dad was a doctor because like, <laughs> like you know, it, it was it was weird because like when I was in school, like I was aware of it because I went to the first school that I went to was a private school in Nashville called Ensworth. And there was a it was a great school. but There was a lot of shitheads in this school because there was a lot of old money in Nashville. So it was these old Bellmead families and stuff. 
they, you know, some kids were, were great and some kids I, I'm still lifelong friends with, but like there were other kids that were like super shitty because they just had these weird, you know, parents and stuff. And so like, I was kind of, my, I, we were like, like new money. My dad wasn't like super rich, you know, or anything, but it was like, it was like new money to them. Mm-hmm. So like, there was definitely like a, a weird vibe that was going on that I, it took me a while to pick up on. And it was kind of like, took my dad to kind of explain it. But, but for me, like I, I, it, my existence was built. Like I, when I was a little kid, I traveled on the road with them all the time. So I just oh, wow. assumed that was normal. And then once I entered school, it was like culture shock. You know, there was all these other kids whose parents did, did all these other things and, yeah. and all this, you know, but it wasn't until like, you know, once I, I, I didn't start really getting, understanding how to embrace that until I was in like high school, you know, once okay. I, I went to this one high school, it was really shitty. It was a private school and I was like, I got to get out of here. And they put me in like a, a regular school that was super cool and artistic and, and like diverse. And, and it was, it was called university school. I still love that school. If, you know, uh, I go visit them every once in a while in Nashville, but, you know, it took me a while to kind of figure out how everything worked. I knew that my, my situation was different for sure, but I knew a lot of other kids like, um, of, uh, like my dad's, you know, uh, his peers, like, like Willie's kids were really well, like you and Amy Nelson are like, yeah, yeah. You know, Amy, best buddy. yeah, yeah. Wow. Like best friends, like our whole lives, like, and, and, and stayed really close and still are. And, you know, Tony Joe White was one of my dad's like really good friends, like probably his closest Nashville friend that I knew and his, his, his Tony Joe's son, Jody and his daughter, uh, Michelle, like Michelle lives out here and I'm still close with them. You know, it's just kind of like, you kind of realize it's almost like for me, I realized it and, and was kind of like embarrassed by it for a minute and then figured it out. It was really other kids, like them coming to terms with me being in this different boat that was, you know, and not being as relatable. It took a while for little kids to figure that out, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, like I, it's funny. I just hearing you say it like that. You, you articulated that really well. That it was like other. It was the, the reaction of other people, and it was sort of on them to to start to. And that's, that's. I think that's super cool. I, uh, did you like because you're a musician? So I'm assuming you like music because music was around. Were you picking up instruments from a very young age? And actually, I mean, I, I. I... I played drums from when I was really little. I liked drums a lot. And my dad had this wonderful drummer who, who's still around. I've done a lot of touring with named uh, Richie Albright. And, and like at a very young age, he like showed me how to play the drums and I played them a lot. I had no desire to go into music. I, I thought I was going to be, I was really into like animation. Like I was, I would, I would like read up about like the cell animation and stuff. And I, yeah. I thought I was going to kind of get into that at a really young age. And then, but I was playing drums and then like my, my parents wanted me to do something extracurricular cur- curricular, and I, I fucking hate sports. So like it was never, it was never in my, my wheelhouse sports. And, and I, think uh, I, fi- I think I finally found common ground with you. Yeah. So much of your childhood, our childhoods were different, but on this, we're going to bond forever. Yeah, yeah. I hated it too. And my dad was like an athlete. It was really hard. So I get it. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I, so I, I picked piano and I, and I started doing that at like eight and I, and I hated it because I wanted to like learn the instrument, but I, 
I didn't want, they made you play like Alouetta and do all this yeah. recitals. And like, even to this day, I don't like, like, this sounds weird, but I don't like performing live at all because it feels like a, a recital. It feels like I'm having to perform something that like we wrote. And I love it. I mean, I love like jamming and stuff, but like at the end of the day, I was, there's a personal thing that I always liked about music. But anyway, like, so I, but I learned, I took the piano thing and, and after like two years of lessons, I like kind of, I didn't really like, I was shy about it. So I didn't like even show my parents, but I kept playing piano and, and always kept playing the drums. And it wasn't until I was like 13. And that's when I like started buying records. Like, and that was the time I kind of was like, oh, like I really like music, you know? And I remember I had this friend, Bobby Turner, whose, whose father is one of the best musicians I've ever met. He's a steel player in Nashville, but me and Bobby, we he would he was his dad was playing for my dad so we go on the road in the summers and when we were at a you know at a venue or at a hotel or something we would find a record store and we'd go buy records and i remember like when we were into like beavis and butthead and all this stuff like we were like really into mtv and i was definitely an mtv kid and, and we would just buy records based on like the album cover and like listen to them and some of them would be garbage or they might be like back mellow gold or something but it would be like you know, and I, like Danzig One or something, but, yeah. but I, um, I would really like, you know, I started falling in love with music and me and, me and Bobby Turner kind of started our first band and I was like the drummer and kind of keyboard player and it was horrible. It was called Baxter and we were like, <laughs> we were like Baxter. Really, really That's really a great cool. name for a band, but go on. <laughs> I like Baxter already. But, but uh, you know, and it obviously didn't go anywhere. But but it was like that was that was the, the moment when I was like, oh, I think I want to do this. And then kind of after that, it just kind of snowballed, and and it was like, I, and then when I heard Nine Inch Nails, that band did it for me because I was a computer nerd and I loved rock and roll. And and this kid in eighth grade, Seth Feeman, turned me on to the Broken EP that they did. And, and after that, it was kind of like, I want to do this. I was like, I can do this. I'm a computer guy. I'm a keyboard player. I can play the drums. I want to do this where I can like make it all myself and I don't have to deal with people. And at the same time, like I couldn't play guitar. So like I had like two of my friends join the band. So I would do everything, but they would play guitar because I wasn't, even to this day, I can play guitar, but it like doesn't compute for me. Like a, like a keyboard, like it's, it's like a computer keyboard, you know? I can, yeah. Yeah. Like, this this button does this sound like on a keyboard or on a guitar like there's six ways to hit the same yeah. note and that never has like really been something that computed to me where I felt really comfortable with it you know so that that was kind of the point once once I was like 15 or 16 it was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be a big rock star and I'm gonna move to LA and <laughs> I did all of them except for the big rock star part <laughs> you know Hell, you are a oh, fucking big rock star. Yes, Don't you are. Sell yourself. <laughs> and by the way, I've seen you play live and it's not like a recital. Trust me. <laughs> I've been to recitals before. Your shows are nothing like a fucking well, recital. You. Yeah, I've never got people aren't that. usually that fucked up at a recital. I will say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you've never seen me flash my tits at a recital. But trust that's me, fine. When, I took you, when I took you my daughter's piano recital, you were very inappropriate. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is so cool Wait, though that I kind of, like on the like on my son currently is like he's he's started a band and he's in UCLA and started a band and like he's he's doing it's great like I love like I can't believe it and it's like who's drumming there he's like no I programmed that drum I did this I put this That's so cool and it's like what how, how? like I just it, it boggles my mind because I'm about like how, are you Jenny Z 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah so, so I'm like 10 years older than you, so I miss that. Uh, that, that, like, that, 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 all that DIY computer stuff was becoming mainstream by the time I was like finishing, like finishing college and you were all, you know, it's, it's, it's How really old cool. son? What's that? Well, it's your son, you said? Yeah, my son's 19 and I, it, it, like, yeah. It's amazing, I, it's amazing. Cause if you look at what, like, okay, okay. When Trent Reznor was doing that stuff, they used to use a, a program called Studio Vision Pro. Okay. And this was like this, it, it wasn't that expensive. And, and, I, and I like saved up and got it. But, but what's really interesting about it is that software morphed into Logic, which morphed into GarageBand, like Apple bought Logic. So a lot of people use Logic and Pro Tools is kind of built the same way. I, I use Pro Tools for programming, but like that came from that. Like it came wow. from that Nine Inch Nails and those, that, those kind of bands at that time, mainstreaming that software. And then that software kind of coming into now. It's really interesting if you kind of trace it because at this point in time, like it's so mainstream that like you, your 19 year old son is like literally doing all this shit that like, you know, back then you had to be like in the know, you had to do all that, you know, it's just really cool, man. It's, it's cool to hear. Yeah, no, it's amazing. You know, you had to be Bill Gates to program that stuff. And, and, yeah. and, um, and well, yes, go on. Oh, sorry. Like, did, were you into like the, like Depeche mode? Like when they had all this, synth did you like all that stuff too? Yeah, well, it's funny because like the way I got into like New Wave was through liking the industrial stuff. Cause like mm -hmm. New Wave at the time was a little behind our generation. Like, but, but Depeche Mode had like on MTV, they had like Bullet of a Gun and these songs that were like around that time. Yeah. Kind of like merging with the industrial thing, you know? But like after the fact is when I got really into New Wave. And then of course, working with Marilyn Manson on his record, like he turned me on to like, like seas of oceans of new wave stuff that I didn't know about, you know, and, and, and I've just like, you know, I like, I liked Love and Rockets, but now I love Love and Rockets. Like, I love that band. Oh man, Haunt of All the Minutes Drag, yeah. that's one of the greatest songs ever, you know, they're yeah. they amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, New Wave was like, I found it through Nine Inch Nails, like by turning that camera around and figuring out who they were influenced by. Same with Bowie, and Bowie's like my favorite artist of all time. Me too, like, exactly. Like, he's, oh, he's, and, he's, and Bowie, just to say that uh, Cat People, which yeah. I, I love. So Shooter had an album. When did that album come out, Contact? When was that? 2016. Uh, 2016. This album is, everyone has to get it download. It's truly one of my favorite things. But he, it's so amazing. Manson sings Cat People. On, really? Yes, on this album. And it is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and Brandy Carlisle does The Neverending Story. And Brandy Carlisle does The Neverending Story. I mean, there's so many amazing things. And it was like, you're. I'm so proud of that record. It's a tribute to Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. So, soundtracks were part of that. Did, did Trent Reznor get you into David Bowie? Was like there a line from that to Bowie? Yeah, and, like, because of like. I'm afraid of Americans and that stuff. And exactly. And when he went on tour with Bowie, like, well, he would talk about Bowie all the time. And then there was I'm Afraid of Americans. And around that time, Bowie did that record called Earthlings. Yes. Yeah. Earthling, which had uh, like I'm Afraid of Americans and, and Five Years in Tibet and all that stuff. Oh, and, so good. Yeah, and Dead Man Walking, like such a sick record. And and that, like from there, and, and that was around, it was really weird because like I, I found like everything that I was getting into would be mainstream really quickly. Like like around that time is when that Velvet Goldmine movie came out. You guys remember? All right. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And, and like, so 
around, like that led me into like going backwards and discovering Ziggy Stardust. And when I was like 17, Ziggy Stardust with that and like the White Album and The Wall, like I had just finally discovered all of this amazing like yeah. music and, and, and so, so I was really into Ziggy Stardust. And then after, you know, and then I got really into T-Rex and, and the whole glam thing. And I went down, I re really went down that rabbit hole before I went down like the Stones and the Beatles and stuff. Like it was the glam thing. And it was directly as a result from like Nails and Marilyn Manson doing like Golden Age. And stuff it's like so that. funny. You're chronologically going backwards in time. Right. Like you're, 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 you're it, it, that you're, it's, uh, that's so cool. Cause like, you know, for me, you know, I remember a friend, like I was probably like nine years old and like a kid down the block, his older brother, who I, when I now think about it was gay, but didn't like, could it was like probably 1977. You couldn't admit that, you know, in New Jersey, but what started to play me like space oddity. And, and the first time I heard that and life on Mars and, and um, I was like, holy shit. I, like it spoke to me like immediately. And so like, I, and I followed that the other way to Trent Reznor. Cause when I first heard on K-Rock out here, head like a hole, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so cool. Right? So and, cool. Yeah, man, that was did, definitely, definitely a reversal, you know, for me. What magic. did your parents, I have to ask because of your parents' music and like, what did they think about what you were getting into versus like, Nine Inch Nails is the opposite of a Waylon Jennings album. I would yeah. say. <laughs> like, I, were I, they I, just like? Did I, I mean? Obviously, they did, didn't sound like they pressured you into music. No, not at all. Like my dad was so like. It's it's so weird because like I did it. Like people go like, did your dad teach you guitar? And I'm like, right. No, like. And, and by the way, I like that accent that you just used to oh, ask man. a question because I've been around you in Texas before when people have been, hey, your daddy ever tell you that? <laughs> you're like, oh shit, no, Bubba. Yeah, my daddy worked for your daddy, yeah. Um, and you're like, no, he didn't, but all right. That's cool. <laughs> no, like, it was like, my dad was super open and he was like a little kid when it came to music. So he liked, he liked a lot of diverse stuff. And we would like, you know, more than ever, like sitting down and playing music together, like we would share music that we liked. So he'd be like, he was like into Dire Straits or he would be into like, like uh, he loved that song Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry or like. <laughs> I love Glenn Fry. I love that song too. <laughs> and he would, uh, he would like play me these songs, you know, so I'd play him shit I liked. And I remember playing him Tool and he loved Danny Carey's drumming. And I remember playing him like White Zombie or like whatever. And I remember like Nine Inch Nails, like Downward Spiral came out and that shit, my mom's super religious and that shit was, God is dead and nowhere, no one cares if there's a hell, I'll see you there and all this shit. And I'm loving it, you know? And yeah. But I played it for them. And I remember like, you know, as a kid, it was weird how it all connected because like, I remember when Marilyn, Marilyn Manson was doing, I read that he was doing a book signing for his book. And he like was wearing like a glittery cowboy hat and he like came out to a, a Wayland song. And, and I remember reading that and being like, oh my God, like <laughs> he so knows funny. about who my dad is. Like, like there was like, this whole thing. But, and I'm, but so I played my dad, the Darren Spiral and he was, I was 15. So he's like a little worried about the lyrical content, all the suicide stuff, all that. Like it worried him a little bit. He, he understood why I liked it. And, and like uh, Woodstock 94 happened and like he, 
I, Amy Nelson had a friend that had tickets and she was like, do you want to go to it with me? And I was like, yes. And my dad was like, and this is the way he was. He was like, I'm not going to tell you not to go, but I'm going to ask you not to go because I'm worried about you going. And if you don't go, I'll order it and we'll watch the whole pay-per-view thing. So I was like, that's cool. Cause I didn't really want to fucking go somewhere. Like I was like, okay, let's like, let's watch it. So we watched the whole thing. He loved Primus. Like he got really into the pork soda and all this, but like, um, got to Nine Inch Nails. He really understood why I liked it, but he had done an interview before, like right before that, after I'd played him the record. And he, somebody said something about like the music I was into or something. And he said, he's into Nine Inch Nails. He said, Trent Reznor is a musical genius and a lyrical idiot. And that was his way of like kind of lashing out at the thing. And it got printed and I was fucking mortified. I was like, <laughs> My dad just took a fucking shot across the bow at like my fucking idol. Like, right. And I was like, why would you do that? You know, and he was just kind of worried about me. And that was why it came out. <laughs> but then like, after we watched it, he was like, he couldn't believe the whole mud thing. He was like, he goes, I, oh, I love that one. <laughs> Amazing, you know, and got it. I think he was just worried like what I would do with the, you know, information. And then, but then like a couple years later, I did like a whole, we did a record together and I made, I like kind of redid a bunch of his songs like in the industrial style. And like we did this one version of a song that I, I was kind of like her style. It was like before Johnny Cash did it, it was one of my dad's songs, but we did this whole record. It didn't come out until like 2015 that my, me and my label, we put it out. But, but it was like, that was when we really bought it. And he like, he wanted to meet, he wanted, he was into it like, what I saw in music in a way. And that was, that could have, that nothing could have been more prolific for me, you know, cause like I, I played with a lot of musicians whose parents did not support them playing music. They were like, it's not a real job. Like you need to have a plan B and all this. And the fact that he was like, despite his own concerns and despite the differences, like he, he wanted to meet, he wanted to understand it through my eyes. And he was like supportive of that, you know? And so when I was like, 19 and I'm like I'm moving to LA next year he was like very concerned because he was like I'm worried he's like you're a big fish in a little pond here I feel like you're gonna be a little fish in a big pond there and and I was like I want to do it I don't like it here the music here is not good and I want to go do the real thing and I want to go live in this crazy place that's like in the movies and the Muppet movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he supportive of it and, and like you know he came out here like once or twice before he passed away and like saw all my friends and saw everything and he was like okay i'm cool he's cool it's all good you know like, like he was yeah, worried nice he was but never they're... like thumbing my back about anything yeah. like you know go for it and i was like i am <laughs> but you know like because of our age and growing up we went through that thing of parents believing lyrics yeah. would ruin us like they were told like you know it's funny to me because i know manson as well and it's like oh this guy's the antichrist you know yeah. here, here he is i'm like hell we hung out with him on thanksgiving <laughs> like he seemed pretty like i've known him for a while and he's i like him you know i'm like i think that yeah. what what they were told and the the concerns were completely unfounded like i'm more worried about parents now what they watch than yeah no kidding yeah, no, no, we no, listen no, to those are the dudes we we were supposed to hang out with because those are the guys who were like not like playing by the rules, you know? The right. Guys, the guys and they're creating and they're being different and they're stepping outside, they're coloring outside the lines. And like, to me, that's what always like intrigued me about 
you know, Manson's music and Nine Inch Nails, like everything, all the music that I grew up loving, of course, my dad was always chill with it. My mom's like, can we just listen to Chardet and just- Like Tucker Carlson has killed more people than Marilyn Manson. And and like like they, they're worried about it or any video, the most violent video game hasn't like ruined lives like Sean Hannity has. You know, it's like it's like that there should be a warning label on that. Right. I'm sitting there, you know, as a kid playing duck hunt with, you know, like my dad. I never thought, you know what I could do is get a real gun and go kill someone. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like your parents are supposed to tell you the difference between right and wrong. If your kid's doing some shit because of a song, well then you didn't parent very well (laughs) i can i can relate to your dad a little bit it's like not that in that but like i grew up like like i remember like making playlists for my son like playing all the music that i loved at the time from like i'm talking about like in the 80s 90s leading up to that and early 2000s and recently he's made me the playlist and it's like you know so like i've been like i've been really like into lately tame impala which was a band i didn't know they're fantastic and it's like i never would have known this band without my it's it's so there's something really gratifying as the parent when you were sort of the person like i'm pumping you full of information for 18 years and then suddenly it's like oh it's coming back at me it's like really cool and i i I know what your dad i i can i i i I, I get why he was so happy about like that stuff. I, I see yeah, that. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Well, don't start making TikTok videos, Danny. I'm going to do TikTok videos. <laughs> dance videos. It's I got to go it. soon. I'm going to pierce my ear. Yeah. <laughs> my dad pierced his ear. I got my ear. I got earrings when I was like 18 or something. And uh-huh. he went out and got an ear piercing because he was like, I'm trying to be more like you. Same kind of situation. Wow. I love this story because he, he didn't know, he didn't ever have tattoos and he didn't roll around in the tattoo scene or anything. Right. So he went to like a Claire's in the mall, like where like- Like the <laughs> earring tree or Claire's boutique. That's hysterical. Yeah, yeah. And, and like he went in there- I think that's and, where I got my ears pierced. Yeah, I know, I know. And I'm like some 15 year old girls like, like smelling as Jovan Musk, like, like, <laughs> there, you know, it's way like, okay, sir, stay still, hang on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want a stud or a fake diamond? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the record- instructions. I mean, just like, have you been recording during this pandemic? Have you been doing like, have you, have you, is there an album you're promoting? Anything you want to promote right now? No, I mean, I, not in my own thing. I, I, I produced a couple records during it. I, I did uh, three records so far during, during it. And I've been lucky because like we did one in June here and then I did one and and then it was kind of, it was hard to get people to work to want to work but I was like we did a I did a Yellow Wolf record in June here at Sunset Sound and then I did Brandy Carlisle's record I flew to Nashville and did her new one and then wow. um, Dave Cobb and then just finished this record for Avi Kaplan so like I, I've just been kind of working on that front like uh, just producing a couple records I've got a home studio here so I was like doing some other work and some, I mixed a record on my mom that Margaret Price produced. So I've, I've been staying busy luckily, but you know, I'm not, I, I wasn't recording anything of my own. I, I'm kind of taking a break from that at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. <laughs> yeah, you've, no. been, you've been like the the producer right now to go, like you were, I mean, you were on the cover of Spin Magazine. Didn't that just happen? Like Shooter was just was. With, with Pancake. The, their talk. <laughs> so, yeah, and Misty's dope Trans Am. Yeah, Shooter was like a, like, 
cover model now, Spin Magazine. Yeah, was, I never thought that would ever in my life happen. And, and it, like during the pandemic, they're like, you want to do this? It was a guy who knew John Hensley, my old man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, he, uh, he was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm run Spin now. I want to do a cover on you. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, like the like whole thing. That changed. was so fucking cool. Though, I, I, I was like, job and got a fucking magazine. I don't, the pandemic was all right for us. We bought a house. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like so that's the headline. Shooter Jennings loves the pandemic. Let's make that the name of the album. No, I don't. No, no. <laughs> that's going to be the top of the thing. Top of the thing. Quotes. Shooter Jennings loves the pandemic. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Bring on the next one. <laughs> never let this one end. Never. Yeah. Like, never um, forget. Um, and, but you also like, and I just want to mention Tanya Tucker's album that you produced, which was fantastic. And you did Brandy's first, the, when was that Brandy Carlisle's album was? Well, last one, it came out in 2018, I think. Fantastic. And that's, you won a Grammy. We did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was fun, man. It was, it was really, I never expected any of that stuff, but it, Brandy and I had, funny enough, it's like our thing. Like the, I met Brandy in 2012 and she had the never ending story logo tattooed on both mm -hmm. of them. I was like, <laughs> I like your music a lot, but I think you're really awesome. And then like, uh, then it kind of connected us. And after that Kuntosh record, she was like, I want you to, do you know Dave Cobb? And I was like, yeah, we've done seven records together. Like I'd known him a long time. And, and she asked me to come and do her record with her. And that kind of started all this, which I'm very fortunate for that yeah. because like it was something I always was really, I was already producing some records, but I didn't really have a break to do something really exciting like that. And, and she asked me and, you know, I went down to Nashville and we spent a month and did it. And then after that, like it was Duff and then. Yeah, yeah. Duff McKagan, that I was going to say, I didn't want to not for, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not mention yeah. Duff's, that album was phenomenal. Like you've, yeah. you've been killing it, man. You need, to do, you. You, you need to do, you need to, you know, it's never ending story. I want to see a collaboration between you and Lamal, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> is, is Lamal alive? Like what? I no, I was just looking him up. Um, you know, uh, you know, where's the, where's the Kaja Gugu, uh, um, uh, you know, where's the, where's that reunion happening? I love it. I would, I, I would eat up any of those bands. Like I, we try, we've been trying to get Morrissey on the horn for so long. Cause Adam. Oh, knew, good luck. He's, first he's, like, yeah. He's, fam he's famously easy. Yeah. Man. <laughs> just, just to have a ribeye and give him a yeah. face. I mean, I like, like Brian Ferry. Give me man, and I would love it. I would you die. Like a challenge. <laughs> Brian Ferry would be, like that. That would be amazing. Oh man, that's the guy. If someone said like, if you wish your voice sounded like somebody who would be for me, a hundred percent Brian Ferry. Oh my God. I mean, I, I there. I was like, because I was right at the sweet spot when that Roxy Music came out with Avalon and and shit like oh, that. Man. I was like, I was like, I think I might have been like eighteen or nineteen or when that came out. I was like. Holy sh! Like I fucking love that. And then I, that was the guy I went back on because then I heard like his old stuff, which I was unaware of, which was like let's stick, to, let's stay together, or, like let's oh, stick man. together. Come you on. heard that? Okay, two things. Well, of course, you know the song "In Every Dream, I'm a Heartache." It's yes, favorite songs of all time. But so good. There was a Royal Albert Music Hall live record that got released last year on him from 1974. You should check out. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. I saw him on the like. The, he performed they, at the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and yeah. sounded just as fucking good. It was just yeah. like, I agree, that voice is amazing. That's my favorite voice. That's, that's yeah. my favorite voice, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to meet that guy. 
Me too. I'm with you. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't met him. I feel like you've met everybody. I know. It's weird. Okay, maybe he listens to the podcast. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. He's a big fan of the podcast. He's the one. Right? That guy's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, also, something the never ending story related was Atreyu, Noah Hathaway, the actor. Noah Hathaway. Just. <laughs> I Misty sent me a thing. Oh, he's on Instagram. I followed. He followed me back. He follows you too. Have you guys talked? I haven't talked to him. I'm like nervous too. I want to hang out with him because he lives here, right? No, he just moved to Vegas. <laughs> of course. Wait, is, is, is he the kid? <laughs> he's a Treyu, the kid, the warrior, the child. Yeah, yeah, the, the kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. But now, and he's. Oh my god! I saw he followed me. Literally, that was like when Pee Wee Herman followed me or something. I got like so excited. Trey, you followed me. He's all ripped. He's always taking pictures of himself ripped. He's like he's super dangerous looking. Like he's always got a gun and stuff. Like yeah, like, I don't know. Like it does. It does it for me. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my crush has continued to adulthood. It's fine. No, but that's something like when when somebody that you love like as a kid like some shit like that happens it's so oh. funny to go like oh my god this is the person that oh yeah. no i know and when judy bloom followed me on a thing it was like really? oh. yeah i was like are you fucking kidding me well, <laughs> hell wait we were all present obviously when like weird al did the podcast oh yeah i remember shooter came over with the kids like that was such like that, that was a huge okay. thing. Like I had met him before, but I still was like, this is fucking weird Al Yankovic sitting in my den. It like, was the best. And he was the he nicest fucking guy too. Children. Like that was a surprise for my kids. And this is another reason why I love Jenny Johnson so much. But she set this thing up and my daughter, like they had just, just gotten into him, like super into him. And she was like, I'm gonna throw up. Like it was like, <laughs> so like- You would have oh, loved that if she had just- <laughs> It was like oh. one of the monumental moments in their lives. And it was, I mean, it for me too, because I no. love Like I listened to all his records when I was a kid. I was like nerdy. I was white and nerdy. I was so into it. No, you, your reaction to Weird Al Yankovic was like a Brooklyn girl in 1965 screaming for the Beatles. Like that's <laughs> what you were like when they came to New York. That's like exactly how you, like it was so, it was really endearing. Like how like much of a fan all of you were of his, and he loved it. He was so appreciative of that. I was not, he was really nice. He was, he was such a great guy. Like I'm always like hyper aware sometimes. I don't want to be the person that makes someone uncomfortable. Like, hey, remember back in 1984? And then they're like, oh fuck, I got to listen to this story. You know, like. I'm dying, I'm dying <laughs> to talk to him. For, I want to talk to him because like I want to do an interview or something from a radio show or something with him. I just want to get into the specifics of like the songs because like back when he was doing this shit, he still has the same band that he used <laughs> back then. And there's like like interesting little details that you can get into about like how did you replicate these sounds and like when when they did the Beverly Hillbillies theme song thing, which was Dire Straits, like Martin Offler's request was uh, I have to play guitar. And they, he brought in his keyboard player when they did that. But if you're listening to it, there's a spot in time when you can hear 
Mark Knopfler's guitar go away and, and Weird Al's guitar player come in for like this one part. And like, I want to know all these little musical details, you know, like I always want to be like, I would just like put them on the spot for like two hours being, okay, in this song, when this happened, what's that about? And like, and I want a new duck when you guys have <laughs> duck sampled, when you did that, like all that kind of stuff. You know? you know, I, I, I get this, I get this so much and I'm always worried that I'm going to be like, I was like, we had uh, Martin Short on uh, on Modern Family, and I was like, I'm totally embarrassed. I I basically the thing I don't want to be in any of these things is remember the Chris when Chris Farley would do the Chris Farley yeah. show, and it's like he's got Paul McCartney on. He's like, remember when you were remember when you were remember when you were in the Beatles? Yeah, remember when you said that was awesome. <laughs> I, I get that way, so I, I I I love that. So remember when you said the love you take is equal to the, the love you is that true? Is that true? <laughs> I love it. So, no, I know, I'm, and I'm I could be that way with my show and stuff when I've interviewed people. I, I like the first interview I ever did on my radio show that I do. It's serious. Like it was many years ago. It was Eddie Spaghetti from the, the Super Suckers, and I basically Chris Farley'd out like so bad. That's it was amazing. So embarrassing. I was like, yeah, didn't know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do with my hands. That kind of thing. <laughs> You're like, do I just pose in this? Yeah. Right. I know. Well, Danny, like when we fangirled out over Nancy Wilson. I, I'm. I, I, <laughs> I know that, that we embarrassed ourselves in front of a hundred percent. I can't believe still. I, mean, I can't believe she's we're like she'll still talk to me because I felt like I was so. Yeah, I felt like I went crazy on her a little bit. You did not just say crazy. <laughs> I did. I her did. I did it from heart. Um, really. <laughs> well, we're I, we're at the point of the show where we talk about things we're watching or we like. And curious what you've been, uh, Shooter, what, 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 anything that you can recommend that you've been? Well, yeah, my kid, my kids and I just dove into Mandalorian and did the first season and it's so fucking good. Like it's, it's insanely good. And yeah, then, really fun. Oh man. I, it, I actually it, just said that last week. I just started it too. Like as the guy and there's fucking Jason Sudeikis was one of the fucking stormtroopers and, and, and like all, all the stuff, all the stars and the John Favreau writing and all and everything it's it's a masterpiece and then uh, me and misty just dove into american gods which is cool season one was really cool season two's got a little wonky but i haven't seen season two yet i sort of like season one i remember i read that book and i thought like oh it's kind of it's interesting i i, I still haven't gotten to season two because enough people have said what you said well they fired the writers and the, the showrunners and then so and then jillian uh anderson quit because of that so they like, there's a lot of like shifting around. I mean, there's some really cool shit in it. Like you actually see like what the gods look like, the old gods look like and stuff like, you know, not on earth and all that. There's, there's some, it's good, but, but the first season was so masterful. I'm, I'm, I started it because Manson's in the, or Meryl Manson's in the third season. So, so oh. like, I was like wanting to catch up to catch him on it. And, but we really enjoyed that. We did like, man, I, I watch a lot of shows you know, I I try to keep up with a lot of things. Like I love the haunting of Hill House, and then we watched the haunting of Fly Manor, and it was horrible. It's not I'm good. So mad about it. Like I was like, what? Like this cast is so good, and I know. You know, we did Nurse Ratchet, which was awesome. Ratchet, which was which was fantastic. Like we kind of like cruise through shows, you know, but nothing has touched Mandalorian like that's like by far even if you don't like Star Wars or haven't seen it like it's 
it's it's amazing it's like a western in space you know and and just all these characters you know are, they're all over the place i mean the quarantine's been so nuts because like it's lasted so long like i was keeping up with what we were watching for a minute there but like then after a while you we did all every single movie and tv show that danny mcbride was in <laughs> all i love him uh you know we did uh I'm trying to think what else we've done lately besides Bly Manor and, and American Gods. And I want to, I want to watch the Ted Lasso thing. I haven't seen that. I haven't uh, either. I, I need, I need to get yeah, into that. Did you watch, did y'all watch the boys? Oh, no. oh you haven't watched the boys oh, on Amazon? The boys no. on Amazon. You're welcome. Watch it. You are welcome. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm jealous of you that you haven't watched this show. Yeah. It's really one of the best things you'll, you'll see. Wow. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. The boys are going to write that down. The boys um, on Amazon. And I cannot wait because you will text me the moment you start it. Like, oh, I, 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 send, send me his it. text. <laughs> Put me on that chain because I'm really excited for you to watch this. Oh, I wow. seriously bet. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What have you guys besides that? Oh, you- so, so I was talking about Mank. I watched that, which I liked, but spe- the music is Trent Reznor. He did all oh, the what? music. What show? Oh, the movie oh dude, Mank. I've been dying to watch it. You just reminded me, I've been dying to watch that. Is it great? It's good. I think I really liked it. I don't think it's great. It looks great. I think it's really good, though. It looks great. It sounds great. It's well, well acted. I felt script-wise, I wanted to get to know who he was a little bit more by the end, which I don't feel like I got exactly, but I really recommend it. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, but no, it was, I, I liked it because I thought it was kind of by design that they didn't let you know. I think you might be right. I might, but I, yeah, it really, it really took you to, and it, 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 it was one of those like it was a movie that really took you into that world. So yeah, wow. and yes. the way it was done, it, it was fantastic. Like then, I just like the way it, they made it look, like just the whole tone of it was really interesting. And then I actually, the only other thing I watched was um, I meant to mention meant to mention this. Uh, week ago but um was it's this um show on hbo max called i hate Susie. have you have you heard oh, about it i've heard of it but i haven't it's philly piper who by the way is like looks like our friend laura savon okay. <laughs> a lot yeah it's basically she's like some pop star she was like on whatever pop idol when she was younger and as a pop star and like nude sex photos of her get released in the first episode and it unravels her life. And it's, it's, it's weird to say this, but it's funny, it's dark. It's like, it has something to say. It's really good. I hate Susie. Okay, wow. I'm gonna have to give that a whirl. But yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take that, that one for a spin too. Like, I'm, uh, Mang, I was really excited about that because it was the first time that Reznor and Atticus and them had used like full orchestra strings and stuff Ooh. in their soundtracks. Like, I thought The Watchmen was great, like for the music, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I, I'm really excited about that. Oh, we watched Lovecraft Country. We loved that. That was I really- love, I, me too. Like I like that a lot. I, it was off to a very slow start for me. Like it took it it like really kicked into for me like around episode three. Although I was interested the whole way through. By the end, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it was yeah, it was, was just it made me tense the whole time in a good way. I mean, I was actually much more afraid of the racism shit than the monsters. <laughs> like, I, I had nothing with the monsters. It was like, holy shit, imagine fucking having to live with these armed I mean, that's, that's that's what kind of felt awesome about it is there was like these two monsters and one was scarier, you know? Yeah, I know, and it was the human monsters that were scarier. 
Yeah, yeah, that that was really good. But I, I gotta I gotta check that out. And I know that there was like, oh, have you seen the Bee Gees documentary? It's, it's yes, <laughs> yes. Danny has already. You talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Well, last it week, came out last week, and I watched. It was so amazing. Although they skipped the Sergeant Pepper shit, you notice that. I forgot they did leave that horrible movie out of it. I didn't even think about that. Good catch. I didn't even think. I I was actually going to say, yeah, I finally watched the Bee Gees thing and loved it. Yeah, I got to give credit, Jeremy Tepper, my boss. Serious. Like, I called him. I was talking to him because I interviewed Barry Gibb for this thing, for this record he has coming out. And he's like, they left that that Sergeant Pepper shit out of that movie. I was like, you know, they did. I didn't think about that. I was just like, I'm still in shock that they wrote Islands in the Stream. I, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, that one fact has like rocked my world. It's like learning that has made me question, what else don't I know? It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> pick yeah. the scab. Yeah, that was a great doc. Anything else, Jenny, before we go? Uh, let's see, what did I have? Oh, you know what I watched for the first time? And I know I'm going to completely have y'all go i can't believe you never saw it i just watched die hard for the first time (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen die hard i don't know like how i missed it or whatever but i watched it the other day highly recommend (laughs) i can see why everybody and it's a christmas movie i don't know why people were saying it's not when i I worked at fox that that building is like the building i looked at from my office at fox i was like oh what is it nakatomi plaza or something or (laughs) something like that yeah but as they're like century city i'm like oh that's near danny works yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah i think you know what movie i had never seen and and i like beg missy as like, please watch this movie on christmas i've never seen scrooged and it's been on tv all week and i'm like i love bill murray so I'm like, I, I have to see Scrooge. For some reason, I never got to see that one. I'm trying to think. I, I, I don't know if I've seen that. Scrooge. Yeah, I, I don't know I, that I've seen it. I'm like thinking, I know I, what I, you're I, talking I, about. I can actually see the cover of it like right I, now. It's, I've seen it. Bill's, I, I've seen it. It's it's fine. It's not like, I, it's not my favorite of the Bill Murray oeuvre, you know, as they, they say that. Well, like, Shooter, it's like always a delight to talk to you. Usually it's um, over drinks at Jenny's birthday or when- well, it's his know. birthday too when it's- Yeah, right. or your birthday too. <laughs> it's really funny to see the two groups of friends though. Like I could pick, it's one of those like, we- it's like a wedding party where you know, oh, they're with the groom, they're with the bride. I can always tell like, it's like all of Jenny's sort of like hipster white friend. Like you guys are like all tatted out and listening to all other group. So it's very, it's a fun party. But I think really, our first our first birthday party was kind of epic. I just remember like we're like, all right, Misty like really put everything together so well, and and Shiver comes walking. He's like, I, I, is that Andy Richter over there? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I invited Andy, and then I was like, holy, sh- is that Ron Jeremy? You're like, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Why wouldn't it be? You're like, yeah, yeah that's how we roll. But uh, because, uh, because all of our friends show up, and then everyone turns around and goes, "Where's Jenny and Shooter?" <laughs> they, 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 they did an Irish goodbye. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. You're the best. Well, I really appreciate being here, and I love you know I love both of you. Of course, I love Jenny. She's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. So yeah. Like, oh, I love you, Shooter. I miss you too. You have to come over. Fucking I a. will. Come over house at Christmas. Like we're just chilling. We're just chilling. I will. I'll come over in a mask and hazmat in a hazmat suit (laughs) i'll come over like the end of et 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll well. keep look like ET too. Yeah. I will. <laughs> um, you're the best, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Shooter. Man.